Hello and welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast with your hosts, Tyler W. Moore and Beth Christine. Hello, welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Beth. And today uh, we're talking about the work of Mike Judge. For anyone unfamiliar with who Mike Judge is, he is the creator of Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill and several other uh, great things. But today what we're talking about are three of his features, and I think they might be the only like three feature films he's made. Watch me be wrong about that, but I, 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 I'm pretty sure. Side note, I was wrong about that. Um, there's also Idiocracy, and had I remembered that he... <laughs> did Idiocracy, that probably would have been on this list. So, uh, carry on, me in the past. It's Beavis and Butthead, Do America, Office Space, and Extract. But before we get into those, uh, the reason, you know, like, because I, I watched all, like, all of these movies back in, like, 2012, uh, for the first time, or, uh, not Office Space, uh, but the others, um, and for me, like I got, I like I did the research and looked into him because, like I like King of the Hill is one of my favorite shows. So I saw Beavis and Butthead do America, um, quite a few years ago. I want to say it was almost like ten years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've seen little bits and pieces, but it's been a long time since I've watched it in its entirety. And I mean, spoiler, I love it, but. <laughs> um, I, I'd seen the actual show a few times, and I mean, it's obviously much lower quality. Yeah. Um, not as well written. Because, well, you know, I mean, it's not, it's, yeah. it's a show and not a movie. I'll, I'll, and I'll say, I'll just say this about the show, like, because it was one of my notes. Like, I never really cared much for the show. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got some funny bits and everything, but, like, and I, I don't, like, I don't think I've ever really seen it, like, in its, you know natural state like i've seen you know um like episodes online or whatever and i'm pretty sure like they don't include like the music video segments so like you know i haven't really seen it in whole um like the way it was supposed to be seen i don't think that would have changed it very much it was amusing to me but it never really went far beyond that whereas king of the hill like you know is like some of the best like uh adult animated character writing that you know has ever been put the television right right and you know with this one um it's like it's it's not supposed to be as serious obviously right. as king of the hill it's supposed to be just like some dumb teenagers right um so like you know with all that being said i do still like the show but mm. i feel like you know if you if you're a person who doesn't like the show you might like the movie mm-hmm. so that's a thing to like so keep let's in just mind. go ahead and get into the movie yeah. since we're talking about it um last thing i'll say about that though uh the one highlight from uh, watching the show a long time ago was that the other kids in second grade really liked my Cornholio impressions. <laughs> but yeah, getting into Beavis and Butthead Do America, man, everything about this, like just from the very beginning, like the MTV movie logo and everything, like Geffen Pictures being a thing, uh, just made me think like, man, this is a bygone era. <laughs> like that and just like the idea of because, I mean, like, you know, like, the Simpsons movie was way late to this phenomenon. Um, but specifically, like, this and... I think this was, like, 96 or 8 or something like that. Um, somewhere in between those years. 
Um, God, this is older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know, the South Park movie came out in 1999. I consider these like all, like those two movies almost sort of like you know uh, like having this this connection of being like it, it was just this very weird thing of this this property the movie like this is the big version of it and like you you don't really see anything like that anymore uh like everything like anytime there is an adaptation of a property it's like they've already mapped out like this huge plan for it and half the time it fucking falls right on its face like you don't just get like you don't get like you know the, like the 2002 like spider-man like oh spider-man the movie it's like oh okay, well hey we're gonna like we're we're already committing to doing a bunch of shit and then it won't work out for us yeah <laughs> like so it just it doesn't even feel like a movie whereas now, this does yeah no i didn't really think about that actually uh anytime i see like the movie yeah. or anything um to where it's like you know something like actually big it, um, it, 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 like this feels like a special version of Beavis and like right. this feels like they came in they're like okay Beavis and Butthead is a hit want to try doing a movie oh well like what's like well what is Beavis and Butthead the movie gonna like you know these these two stupid kids uh, going <laughs> right like, <laughs> like I mean and uh, you know I've always said this movie is ninety minutes of <laughs> like, <laughs> but like you know them losing their tv and like having to go like just basically f- keep falling into all these different like sub adventures almost that's the perfect beavis and butthead movie right concept. uh-huh to start off with the beginning um it actually it gets off to not really a slow start but what you would expect like it's just these two fuckwads like <laughs> having the most unproductive day ever right they so they they wake up they find out that their tv has been stolen the guys <laughs> the guys that are currently stealing it are literally outside, right outside. of their house and they're just um, like looking they're like looking it's gone footprint it's gone footprint yeah <laughs> and then they're like this sucks, <laughs> this sucks. Um, but no, then they like go to the they go to their school yeah. and harass their teachers and <laughs> try to steal the school TV, which is you know one of those like big bulky '90s school TVs. Yeah, like on, rolling like, around on a cart. Yeah, um, and then as they're like going out, they drop it, and it's just like then it's suddenly nighttime. Yeah. It's like <laughs> so the most unproductive day ever. So that's how you know it starts out. But you're you're skipping the the the. The um, the perfect opening scene that this movie has with them walking around I am, these giants. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's just like it's the per like you know butthead like uh, grabs like the lady. Out of the- <laughs> <laughs> well, hey baby. <laughs> it's like you're like you know exactly. Um, what like one of my favorite things I read Roger Ebert. You know known for being hard on movies like i can't help but love this right (laughs) because it's just like it knows exactly how fucking dumb it is yep (laughs) it's perfect i really appreciate it for that fact it's just it's just dumb like kids whacking off my tool shit (laughs) i i mean i don't know too much about like the characters of the show I, I read that there were a few that were left out. Like, they don't have, like, their job at the at the burger place. But, like, all the uses of the characters that they, that, you know, that do show up. 
are really great. Like the principal or whatever, like they walk in on him like <laughs> with like a dominatrix. And right. <laughs> um, that and yeah, Tom Anderson, I think it was basically just Hank Hill. Um, they just keep getting this guy in deeper and deeper shit. Yeah, no, it's the, amazing. the poor guy. Uh, then we get the new characters of the movie who kind of, they remind me of like designs from heavy metal. Like they, they feel like they don't feel out of place, but they feel like they're so like the designs are so much better than like, right. Uh, like, like the Beavis and Butthead, like, you know, very, it, it feels like a more primitive version of like Mike Judge's like actual drawings. Right. Whereas, like, you know, when he does other shows, they're usually, like, refined by somebody else. Right. No, Beavis and Butthead, like, compared to the other characters, they look more like a caricature. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, like you said, it's not, like, necessarily out of place. Because um, I feel like it's something that, like, you know, defines these two as, like, main characters. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, like, all the all the other, like, original characters, like the teacher and the principal, yeah. they do look a little more stylized like them. Um, but it all it all works. So you have like Bruce Willis's char- like both Bruce Willis and Demi Moore's characters in the movie are just like st- like they're still very like scraggly designs, but like they they have a lot more detail, and it's probably because they were designed for the movie. And obviously, like the first scene with Bruce Willis is, um, you know, that he's he's uh, sending them on a job to to do his wife. And like he's driving him to the airport, and they're like, "Oh, does she does she have big hooters?" (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she does. (laughs) And no, they all just start like weirdly. They all start weirdly cackling. It's just the best thing. It's the most perfect thing. It's like like you you can totally get why this guy. Like I mean, he's a fucking drunk and he's a he's a moron himself. But you can understand why he kind of falls for it. Right. Like, they never say, like, no one ever says anything to really totally tip off the other person. Except when it comes to the, um, uh, the wife character who's, like, totally knows what's going on. He's, like, just right. playing everyone. No, yeah, like, she's, like, you know, significantly smarter than all of them. Yeah. And, uh, she, yeah, she comes in. They're, like, taking off their pants. And she's like, oh, you guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> okay, I'll just use you. So then, yeah, they get on, they get on the plane and antics ensue. Um, there's just the bit where he, he fucking, like, bursts into the cockpit and, like, scares the pilots and almost makes them crash the plane. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, like, he rolls across the plane, like, two different times. Right. And then I love, uh, they have, like, the old lady who's kind of, uh... Was like, she's on the plane, then she's like on the tour bus with them. Through, I I love the old lady. I love her. Yeah. I'm gonna be playing the slots. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of slots in Vegas. <laughs> she's just yeah. No, that was that was perfect. She's, and like she a, was, per, she's a perfect foil to them. Yeah. Like, no. She and she was everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got so you got the whole conspiracy with them. She the the wife uh, plants. This uh, this deadly virus that's contained in a in a um, in a little like container um, in uh, in Beavis's shorts, and so like now the like FBI CIA are like all coming after him, and every person that they come across, they uh, give them full cavity searches. No, every single person <laughs> full cavity searches. And I'm pretty sure Tom Anderson gets multiple yep. cavity searches. <laughs> 
Um, I want you to feel the back of their teeth. That's right. <laughs> it's yeah, no, it's it's so great. I definitely do. You have do you have a favorite scene in the movie? Hmm. I really, I honestly, really didn't think about that. Um, gosh, there's, I know I do. <laughs> there's so much. Tell me yours. So mine is like it's kind of like everything that happens in the dead. Like there's lots of like you know uh, cutting between because it felt it felt like there was like a whole section where they're kind of like. Um, they need to like kind of catch the audience up and like they're they're walking around the desert a lot but once you get past that basically once they're they meet their dads um, yes. without <laughs> without knowing it um like uh, which by the way one of them is voiced by David Letterman <laughs> like a suit from there up to her like uh like I think Beavis eats like some peyote or something and like starts hallucinate uh this really great uh hallucination scene which um like Rob Zombie did a bunch of like uh, like Rat Fink designs for. Yeah. They got they even got like a White Zombie song playing during the whole thing. Like it's it's like um, like I've always loved like both in Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill. Like anytime there's like a really like especially in King of the Hill because it's so few and far between. There's like a big like surreal moment. Right. Like and this the, this is probably one of the best ones he's ever delivered because uh-huh. it's just so fucking crazy. Yeah. No, it's amazing. No, I. Uh, so again, it's been probably close to 10 years since I've like watched this movie in its entirety so I forgot when they meet their dads and I forgot about the Rob Zombie scene so that was like you know a real treat <laughs> they're just ta- like, they're talking about like they're talking about scoring with their moms unbeknownst to them and uh... this uh, toilet called Highland that's right I think their town's name Highland. I can't quite remember. Something like that. And then, yeah, no, he, like, big fucking explosion when he, like, farts into the fire. That right. was, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I know. And that's what I love. I, I love stuff like this. There's literally no boundaries yes. to anything. You know, that's one thing. Nothing like that would ever happen in King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I love it. You uh, you pointed something out was like uh, where it was, like, this movie doesn't stop. Like, right. it, like, this movie just keeps going. Yep. One of two things can really happen, especially, because I, I don't remember if this, if Beavis and Butthead was, like, an 11-minute show or if it was 22 minutes. You, you get one of two things that happens with either one, uh, either format. Like, when you're working in a half hour, like, a lot of times when you, when those people jump to an hour and a half long movie, they either uh, keep the same pace and, like, just do a really great job of, like, you know plowing through a story and keeping it as like you know upbeat and fresh as the as the show or and i mean i mean this doesn't even have to be like a show it has it can happen with like you know people jumping from like a director jumping from tv to uh, a feature but like or like you get the cases where they don't know what to do and they end up just meandering for 90 minutes right this does not do this keeps up a really good pace throughout the right. entire thing. No, and, like, you know, the only examples I can really think of that also do that is, like, um, like, Crank and Cowboy Bebop, where yeah. just, like, you know, in everything, there's, like, just, like, a moment of, like, you know, not silence, but, again, yeah. like you said, meandering. Like, this, a, like a breather, almost. Yeah, but this will not stop. <laughs> it will not stop hurting you. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> um, there's an amazing... So they end up... 
they end up in Bruce Willis's trunk because he finds them in the desert, and then they cause like I think I want to say it was either like a like I think it was like a four hundred car pile. Yeah, or no, just like this that. fucking ridiculous and, number. Like, the whole scene, like they're fucking like they're getting thrown onto the street and rolling. Yep. Like, these guys are indestructible. Yep. <laughs> I I can't I think they end up at Congress I want to say, um and like uh <laughs> like they get on the intercom and they go we're looking for the chick with the big boobs <laughs> and, and like <laughs> all of the, everyone in the room starts like cackling. Oh, oh. <laughs> um no so I thought about like you know a moment that that is probably my favorite uh you know when the when the wife comes in she's like you know she she has like her her blouse unbuttoned mm-hmm. and she's like oh yeah guys we're gonna do it and they just sit there you know they, sit there. <laughs> like they don't even know <laughs> what to do <laughs> and she's like boys 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 oh my god shut up and like it's just like dead silence there's not a single fucking anything on <laughs> and there never is that with this show it's always if, if there's like if there's any moment where anything's quiet, you you hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, it's no, it's like it's perfect because like yeah, they they spend the entire series talking about how they need to score, and then like as soon as they think it's actually going to happen, they're like <laughs> they're stunned. <laughs> um, something that like something that kept bothering me in the movie was like they they were saying uh, instead of saying Washington D.C., they were saying Washington. I was like. Are, like I can't remember is this gonna like pay off where like they go to the wrong place or something um but I think the only joke was like uh isn't Seattle and Washington uh we can go see hole or whatever <laughs> like, um then they then they get to the White House and uh they're like uh they're like I think I think I think Beavis ends up in the in the Oval Office, and like, because one of them's like distracted, or one of the uh, the uh, Secret Service is distracted, and he says evacuation, uh, probably just another bomb threat. Yeah. <laughs> or no, um, Butthead goes into like just this random room. There's like a maid or something. It's uh, it's supposed to be Chelsea Clinton. No, Chelsea Clinton. Okay, and she throws him out. <laughs> Um, Good God! Speaking of the Clintons, once it's all like said and done, um, they like make them special agents of the Department of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and they're like, they get super excited, and Bill Clinton's like, pretty cool, huh? Yeah. No, I'm so glad he was president when this movie was made. No, he's like, he's, he's seriously the perfect president for, for this movie. Whoever um, did his voice did a great job too. Yeah, I think. Uh, I want to say there's like a guy who um, has done him and Jimmy Carter, uh, and he did Jimmy Carter in King of the Hill. Um, it, might, it might actually be a completely different guy. I might just be talking out of my ass right now. It all like it all wraps itself like it's it's very like it's sort of episodic in like how the scenes are done. Uh, it's all like it all comes together, uh, but like you know. It's, it's sort of like one thing after another. Like, oh, they're in Vegas. Oh, they're at the Hoover Dam. <laughs> Is that a goddamn? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, okay, real quick. So I love, like, when they're in, like, you know, tour crowds. Yeah. And they say something fucking stupid. Everyone just ignores them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it was, like, Niagara Falls or something. They're at, like, they're at some, like, geyser. 
and uh, like he's like the tour guide's like reading off facts about it, and he's like, oh, it shoots off like this much water. He's like, oh, that's like that, that's not actually that much. And yeah. He's like, like, dude, fuck you, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like you know people like this exist, and it's like you have nothing to contribute to this conversation. Shut the fuck up. It's <laughs> great. But no, I love this movie. Uh, it's it has a stupid uh, sense of humor against the FBI thriller plot, and I think it was pretty great. Uh, definitely the best way to tackle a Beavis and Butthead movie. Uh, I'm gonna give it seven Jamies. Yeah, I I honestly. <laughs> I love this movie. I'm going to give it a 10. I love this movie. It's been so long since I've given a movie a 10 to, like... Deserves it. It was It was just, like, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Um, just so stupid. Okay. Let's move on to Office Space. Um, so, <laughs> what... <laughs> this is... Um, I, I've seen this movie many times, and I... Like, it was one that played on Comedy Central a lot. Um, so, uh, it'd be, like, bits and pieces. And then I, like, I, I've seen it in full multiple times. But, uh, like, it's it's funny. It, it feels like it's a classic without weight, uh, without aid from Mike Judge's other work. Right. Like, I feel like people like this movie and probably don't even know that he's involved with Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill. Right, exactly. Um, so, that I think, like, that's pretty cool to start with. Uh, something I learned was that uh, I, I looked I looked up um, because since Mike doesn't do a whole lot of movies, I wondered like how successful are they? Like Beavis and Butthead obviously did pretty well. This one barely broke even on its production budget. So like and you have to like make pretty much double uh, that to uh, some people say triple. I, I like. A movie like this, I feel like probably doesn't get a whole lot of advertising to begin with. This right. isn't like a tentpole movie, um, so like I'm, you would assume double. Um, yeah, it like it made like just about the production budget back, so it didn't really do. It didn't like it didn't blow up. I think it was one of those once it was on television, once it came out, like on DVD and everything. Like then people were more interested in it. Right. Um. So I I, I and I, I but I I think it's earned its reputation as being like a as a as a really good movie and boy howdy what what to even start with yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's like there's just like the opening scene in traffic like it 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 really like the first act does a very good job of sort of easing you into the story just right like then it just kind of lets it go yeah no it really sets up the characters very well like the yeah the just the opening scene in traffic like shows each character sort of in their what their qualms are going to be and like what, what their quirks are. I really like uh, Michael Bolton. <laughs> like his, uh, he's like listening to like the, the gangster rap yeah. and like turns it down as soon as like <laughs> he sees an actual black person nearby. Yeah. And then turns it back up. And then him. turns it back up. Um, overall, like, oh my God, the 90s hip hop soundtrack, like the like mid to late 90s hip hop soundtrack is so good. Yeah. Like, no, I love it. I forgot. I forgot about um, like just how much there was. Like I knew like the this montage with the song still where they're smashing the printer. Like I I knew that one. I knew the opening scene and everything. But I was like, oh man, like they they do some make some great use out of it. like it's a great juxtaposition with the like sort of like white collar office. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously. Yeah. Like exactly. And then you get straight into, like, he, as soon as he shows up to work, he's got, like, several people 
uh, coming up to him about the TPS report covers. Didn't yeah. you get the memo? He has. <laughs> Let me get you another copy of that memo. Yep. He has eight bosses. <laughs> <laughs> and they all come up to him. I don't think in the scene, but he like mentions that. Yeah, he yeah he has. I think like two or three. Oh, he um like two bosses come up to him, then he gets a call from one of them, and then even his coworkers are like, "Hey, what's up with you and your TPS reports?" No, like, yeah, and it's like it's literally you know it's just the fax cover sheet yeah. for the TPS reports, <laughs> and it's like you know just a mistake anyone could have made. Yeah, um, and but he has like, to hear about it multiple times. I am. And, like, it, yeah, it, it even, like, just sort of, like, the atmosphere, like, it builds, like, the atmosphere that he's used to. You're hearing, like, the, just a moment. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, the someone's got a case of the Mondays, like, all that shit. <laughs> like, the, the part where she walks up and, like, everyone just, everyone looks like someone just threw up on the floor or something when yeah. she says it. It's, it's per- like, a perfect lead-in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've even got, like, there's... There's such, there's such great caricatures uh, throughout like all of these movies, but especially this one. The overly friendly uh, waiter over at the Joshkies yep. or whatever. Yeah, like the, <laughs> the obnoxiously overly friendly waiter. You know, anytime, anytime I encounter anyone like that, I like it makes me never want to go into that place again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I love that their job is updating software for Y2K. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, the the only connection to this movie, like, to his other stuff, I, I want to add, is uh, he uses some of his voice actors yeah. uh, for for the characters. And it's, it's actually kind of cool because uh, I can, I, so, they play, like, completely different characters, yeah. but I can, like, you know, tell. Yeah. Just because I watch so much King of the Hill. I, I can think... tell who plays Hank. I can tell who plays Bill. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Stephen Root is, Milton is really good in there. Uh, I think... <laughs> Like, we, like, frequently will quote Milton. I think a lot of the other cast members have made appearances, like, on King of the Hill, like, later on. Right. Uh, because of this movie. I know, like, the guy, the guy who plays uh, Michael Bolton, like, he shows up all the time in King of the Hill. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, with Milton specifically, they uh, they say that he was fired five years ago, but he was still getting paid, and they fixed the glitch. <laughs> but they're just gonna keep having him show up. Yeah, because they don't like confrontation. No, it's <laughs> like, right. what are they called? Like, what do they call them? Commission? I don't know. Um, the two guys that show up, like basically to lay people off. Uh, they. Uh, I know that they're referred to as the Bobs. Yeah. Uh, since they're both named Bob, but I can't remember what their specific job title is. Right. Anyway, they're the worst at it. Like they're yeah. like they're like everything you don't want them to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I love his uh, his neighbor, uh, who's played by the guy who voices Hostel Gatto. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, Peter, man, check out this chick. <laughs> and it's just it's this. Uh, breast like breast cancer commercial like, yeah like breast exam yeah <laughs> oh man i thought you'd want to see that the uh if i had to like really dock any major points from this movie i have like what i i especially watching it this time there was like you know kind of looking at it critically um there's probably one thing that i thought was like seriously lacking and it was like jennifer aniston kind of just shows up like they get together 
Uh, it shows them like, oh, like in a montage, like, oh, they're getting along. And then they have like a disagreement. Uh, she, uh, like she leaves and they get back together. Like she's really not a character in the movie and she's very underutilized in here. Yeah. Um, like it, it, and it is Peter's story, but it, at the same time, it's like, man, I feel like she could have been, especially because she, you know, has like the same qualms with her job that he has with his. Right. I'm, um, she could have been utilized better, I feel like. I'm at least glad that they gave her the scene of her flipping off her shitty boss. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. The Nazis had pieces of flair that they that they made the Jews wear. <laughs> no, like, Jesus Christ was, like, the most ridiculous out of nowhere. <laughs> it's a great part. One of my, It's, like, one of my favorite little interactions between uh, the boss and... And Milton, he's like, he's he's moved him into the basement, and he's like, uh, yeah, we need you to take care of the roach problem. I just need you to get a flashlight and some pesticides. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like, uh, he sounds like uh, Patrick Bateman from uh, American Psycho. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Don't just stand there, eat it. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then like the little, uh, again, like again, just like another like very small moment of surrealism where he thinks that uh she's uh she's had sex with his boss he's like having like the like the nightmare uh-huh. <laughs> what was his boss's name again uh lumberg <laughs> lumberg fucked her lumberg <laughs> fucked her that was my favorite <laughs> lumberg fucked her <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh and then like uh it's like very I don't know if it's the same dream sequence or not, but it's like uh, it's like after they find out that something like that their plan isn't exactly foolproof. Uh, they're like in court, and he's like, <laughs> "You'll serve no less than four years in a pound you in the ass prison." <laughs> that was fantastic. There's a bit at the end of the movie that plays a little bit. Like, and maybe I'm misremembering it, but, like, I feel like it plays a little bit differently in the TV version. Um, he's, like, when he joins the construction job, he, like, uh, he's working with Hostel Gatto. And <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he says, uh, he, like, he, he was saying, like, he's basically, like, you know, listing off all these things, like, oh, how it's so much better than working in the in his office. And he says, oh, fucking A, man. And, like, uh, he kind of, like, be, in the movie... He like kind of nods and says "fucking a," um, but in the TV version, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't say it, so it, it's almost like that. Always played to me as though like it was the new case of the Mondays, like like that was like the new phrase that he was like gonna get tired of, which I and again maybe like I'm misremembering that, but I like I it, it felt weird, uh, like just playing so completely differently in the in like the regular movie. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, you know, Milton does set the building on fire. <laughs> yeah, no, Milton does set the building on fire. And we get the amazing last scene of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I guess through my tie, I get a pina colada. <laughs> I said, no salt, no salt on the margarita, but it had salt. And the guy just walks away. Whatever resort sit down. There's big grains of salt, big grains of salt in the glass. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah, no. Like I I feel like there's not enough good things I can say about this movie. It's just it's just so good. Right? <laughs> um it's like I think 
it you know while it's not I mean it's 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 extremely funny like it's you know it doesn't do anything super outrageous um to where like I feel like a lot of people might feel it like it like it's bland or something I don't I certainly don't feel that way but um like to where maybe like it kind of flies a little bit under the radar so like I think it's bare like it's just a totally solid movie like you know it's it it's a classic in its own right. I'm going to give it uh, 8.7 Jamie's. I will give it an 8. But I, I agree with everything that you just said. All right. Let's move on to our last film of the night, Extract, which I was very curious. I've seen this one once before, and I didn't really remember a whole lot about it. Um, even when I saw it the first time, you know, I, like, I feel like I was a little bit underwhelmed by it. Um, not that I had huge expectations, but it, it was like it was like the last one I saw out of out of the three. I was I was curious about how like it performed and everything. It did better than Office Space in the in terms of like making its money back. Very little beyond uh, what like what its production budget was. It, it and I kind of feel like if it came out, it feels like a movie that came out like three or five years earlier than it actually did right like it fe it feels like this feels like something that should be on comedy central every weekend right along with like you know fucking without a paddle and waiting or whatever the fuck right well i mean you know compared to like the other two um which even with like office space a lot a lot of stuff was like happening mm -hmm. um and with that one people might even consider office space to be a bit underwhelming yeah with this stuff not that much happened and you it's know it's kind of messy yeah like, it, it, it ties up at the end but it almost doesn't feel earned because it feels like there's big like we skip big gaps right of like things that have or like it's a little unfocused mm -hmm. um which is probably like that's probably one of my bigger complaints and again i kind of feel like you know you've got probably one of like the funniest like actresses uh that was out there especially at the time mm -hmm. uh Kristen Wiig and she's like she does nothing in this movie right uh, until like the last scene uh where she fucking <laughs> kills her neighbor by like yeah. a goddamn heart attack <laughs> um like it she yeah she doesn't really have a whole lot to do like you know she's more more or less sort of like situationally positioned for comedy less so like she's not she's like she has one line that you know really made me laugh in the early parts of the movie where she just says how uh like she's uh like oh do you do you need me to take you to the hospital do you need this how about some raisins yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty great yeah no um and i mean for obvious reasons i definitely didn't like her character yeah <laughs> um and it sucks because it's like i was I, I don't know where to go into all of this because it's like I was expected with everything that was going on with yeah. her like I, I was expecting it was all going to be like a huge misunderstanding with her cheating on her husband like, yeah you'd almost expect it to be a little bit crazier yeah like it, it would sort of like all of and like you know they set up and I also feel like they set up a bigger expectation like because he's he's really tangling like three like three or four different worlds into one mm -hmm. uh that all interfere with each other um and it feels like they should have like a bigger boom than they actually do this movie kind of feels like it needed another draft um because yeah. like it it 
like it kind of resolves a little too easily right well it's like the the whole movie is like the most like first world problem type of movie yeah. like oh, she's like my wife won't have sex with me my wife won't have sex I'm making I'm designing coupons now I get to work at home and just yeah. design coupons <laughs> like you know a graphic designer does yeah. <laughs> like it's like bitch shut up yeah. I'd kill we have a very good cast of like character actors in this like you got yeah. J.K. Simmons um, you got the guy who played El Huron in, uh, in Crank 2 um, uh, so I was surprised to not see Steven Root in there. You got TJ, like, uh, TJ Miller and probably one of, like, the more, like, um, like, at, like, like the, the most different he's ever looked for a part. As, right. Like, as far as I can recall. Um, and all of it, like, you know, Jason Bateman's there and, <laughs> wow, wow, that, that, that was a real disservice. He's there. <laughs> That's um. a real disservice. Um, you got my favorite character, their neighbor. Uh, played by Todd Packer from <laughs> The Office. Um, no, and all the acting was pretty good. Like, yeah. you know, no one did a bad job, like, at their character. Yeah. But just like you said, I feel like it was a bit messy and it could have been. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like it's it's not like Ben Affleck's fault or anything. I feel like his character was, like, a little, uh, maybe, like, a like written a little bit too much like a cartoon. Right. Like, he, like, he... Everything was just a little too much. Right. Like, it felt like they were really, like, like there was, like, an over-characterization. Like, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, he's he's the wacky drug guy friend. Uh-huh. Um, and it, like, it, it feels, it doesn't feel like a Mike Judge movie. It feels like, you know, again, like a, like a movie that plays on Comedy Central every weekend. Right. One of my favorite, um, like, not, like, major characters in the movie is probably, uh... Um, uh, Step, I think his name is, uh, his, uh, his, like, brother or whatever. Yeah, no, his brother was great. <laughs> he's, like, uh, like, <laughs> he's talking about how the truck was stolen. He's, like, maybe we aren't to call the cops. <laughs> and, like, he's just being, like, he's being so dramatic. He's going, like, well, that's the last bottle of Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like... I don't really, I, I hate the fact that this is the last one uh-huh. <laughs> that we're talking about because I feel like I really have nothing to say. Right. Um, like, you know, there are several scenes I really like. I like the character that they interact with um, when, like, uh, like Ben Affleck's taking him to, like, smoke pot. Uh, the fucking scary drug dealer man in the affliction shirt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, no, he was pretty great. <laughs> then, then they're, like, just smoking out of this massive bong. Longer than my fucking leg. Like, <laughs> right. Like, I, I, you know, again, like, you know, you got, like, just speaking of, like, underutilizing people and, like, having, you know, great character actors. You've got um, J.K. Simmons in here. And, uh, like, you know, he had, like, funny bits. I liked how he called everyone Dinkus. Because uh, he couldn't remember anyone's name, uh-huh. uh, but it's like he doesn't like at, like every scene he's in, he's kind of coming up to like, hey, like you need to talk to somebody, like it doesn't really feel like he's like he had a whole lot to do, and right? He's like, you know, one of the best actors in the movie, yeah. <laughs> as far as like his other work goes, mm-hmm. um, so like yeah, very very under like I, I I feel like I'm doing it a disservice because it is a very funny movie right like it's a very it's a very casual watch like you mm-hmm. watch it if it's on television basically right right yeah no and it's like it's one of those movies I think that's like kind of proven to 
you know, n- not that much happens in it. But I yeah. could, I, I still enjoyed it. I still had some laughs and I, en- I enjoy a nice casual watch. Yeah. And you know, while this might be kind of like a little bit under the bar of what you know, I, like, I personally would want. It is still very funny and it's got some good character work. It just, you know, it, it needed a little bit of a stronger foundation, I suppose. Right. Um, I would just say it's a little messy, but it ties up neatly. And I gave it a, I gave it 5.5 Jamie's. That's what I gave it too. Nice. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that's pretty fair without being like overly fair. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just because it's my I wondered if it was a six, but it really didn't, you know, it didn't scream a six. Right. Like, like I might watch this you know, one or two more times in my life. Right. To me, like, you know, I put a five at, like, not the best, but also not bad. I could yeah. still enjoy it. But it's like, I enjoyed it maybe a little bit more than that. So Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. If my choice were to watch Extract or watch through all of King of the Hill again, I would probably choose to watch through all of King of the oh, Hill again. Oh, I know again. you would. <laughs> <laughs> As I've done many a time. Um, but... I think I think that's it. Yeah, um, I think my Mike Judge is a genius, and I yeah. love him. And I, I haven't seen a lot of his new shows. the The last new thing I watched was probably The Good Family, and that one was a little bit underwhelming. Uh huh. Um, but I hear Beavis and Butthead is coming back. I'm a little bit skeptical about how that. Oh, work. really? I don't. Dang. I, it, uh... it came back in 2011, and I don't feel like it left much of an impression. Yeah, I, it's definitely. I feel like like a product of it's very the 90s. Much, yeah, it's a product of its time. So I don't know how that how that'll work. They've talked about bringing King of the Hill back too, and like that sounds like a great idea idea until I think about the uh, the the idea of like uh, Hank Hill talking about Donald Trump. Yeah. It's like, that just doesn't sound fun at all. Oh, no. Yeah, I wouldn't watch it if he did that. Like, I I just, I don't want them to talk about modern things. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, I feel like that's the route that they would take. Yeah. Like. That's the route every animated uh, comedy takes now. Mm-hmm. South Park can't write original storylines, so they just say, hey, what's in the news? <sighs> What a sour note to end on. <laughs> no, I, um, I, 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 you know, I want Mike Judge to make more movies. I think that, uh, you know, he, he, he should definitely, he should definitely crank out a couple more. I don't know what it'll take, but hey, let's, let's see it happen. I, I want it. All right, folks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. For updates on this show and their other projects, get your parents' permission to go to IlluminationCinema.com.